not just a great line in a fantastic movie when Lloyd Christmas says that in the movie Dumb and Dumber. Very relevant with OU football recruiting today. I didn't think that we'd see the day that one of my favorite movies ever, Dumb and Dumber, would become a part of OU football recruiting. But here we are after Miguel Chavis uh, tweets out that gif earlier today of old Lloyd Christmas. And that's because, um, well... It got interesting last night with Williams Winery. He had OU cleats on. He had OU gloves on during his scrimmage while in Tulsa. Um, Travis, what, what are we supposed to make of all of this? And we'll hear what Williams Winery had to say coming up in a couple of minutes. But what, what, what should we do with this information, like 72 hours after he committed to Missouri? Well, you have to consider who was it for, right? Because he's got Williams' number, and with Williams saying, yeah, they're still recruiting me, who would be, when he says they are still recruiting me, who specifically would Williams Winery be talking about, Tyler? Uh, Bates and Chavis is what I would guess. Correct. So, in, in the last three days since the decision, they apparently are still in communication. They are still recruiting him. So that tweet, it wasn't towards Williams Winery. It was specifically towards OU fans. Now, I don't know if Miguel Chavis is the type just to get OU fans fired up for no reason. But I feel that Miguel Chavis knows a lot more about that relationship and that recruitment than anybody else in Norman, Oklahoma. So, when he tweets something like that out, this is not insiders, this is not different sourcing, this isn't, you know, whoever. This is an analyst, this is, a, this is the person that knows the most about williams Winery recruitment tweeting something out to, to, for better or for worse, Tyler, probably for worse for our case, giving OU fans hope. And yeah. hopium is one hell of a drug. It is one hell of a drug. Some are on it, back on it today. Some are, yeah, I'm, I'm quitting the stuff. I, 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 I know I said before I'm quitting the stuff, but I'm serious this time. I'm quitting the hopium. Here's just kind of my two big takeaways out of, out of all of this. Now, I think everyone knows how OU football fans react on social media. God love them. I, I do. I, I, I love you guys for sure. But everyone knows, you know, What's going to happen when you do a particular thing or you tweet out a particular thing, right? And I saw a lot of takes last night, Travis, that said, it's gloves and cleats. Who cares, man? It was free. Like, he's just wearing them to a scrimmage. It's not a big deal. And, like, surface level, I I do agree with that because we do see a lot of camps where maybe a kid's an LSU lean, but he's got TCU gloves out there. And we've learned not to take that too seriously. But here's the part that I guess I can't get over. Williams Winery knew what the reaction was going to be. He knew that was going to be a big deal if he showed up three days after the commitment at a scrimmage in the state of Oklahoma where a lot of local media would be, and he didn't try to hide it, man. He wore gloves and cleats along with his Lee Summit uniform. 
So maybe it does mean nothing in the grand scheme of things. And maybe he really is 100% committed to Missouri, and this is the last bit of drama we're going to get with this recruitment, and he ends up signing with Mizzou on signing day. But come on, Travis, he knew exactly what he was doing, at least I think, when he put the gloves and the cleats on yesterday in Tulsa. Yeah, so when Gentry Williams was uncommitted, um, he was doing some training with a buddy, Dwight Dobbins, that used to play at TU, uh, does a lot of training for a lot of local guys. And he was wearing a Vanderbilt T-shirt while he trained, right? See, that is a scenario where I never thought he was going to Vanderbilt. He was just training, right? There's going to be no media, no TVs, no cameras, no whatever. It was just him, a few people, he's just wearing a shirt. That could totally be explained away as, dude, it's free gear. I'm just going to wear free gear. That was... Absolutely not what Williams Winery was doing last night. He knew OU Media would be there. He's he's on the same defensive line as an OU commit. If nothing else, we were going to be there to talk to him, right? I mean, you're, it's he knew exactly what he was doing. And Tyler, I'm not saying it means something, but it means more than nothing. I'll yeah. just leave, it means more than nothing. Well, and and I think that that is to me the case with. Like the, the same points, like he knew what the reaction was going to be. I think the same when I think about Miguel Chavis's tweet earlier today. Like he, he, he knows, like he's active on social media. He, he knows how OU fans are going to react when he or the staff sends someone out or sends something out like that. It's just he knew some people would get their hopes back up again. I, I, I am not going to sit here and tell you on this Friday that OU's the leader. I'm not even going to sit here and tell you that they get him on signing day. All I'm telling you is that I think last night was was very interesting. Less than a week out until uh, less than a week out until uh, uh, since he's decided, man. Well, and, there, there's and, just a couple of there's more than one thing that happened that makes me say, "Huh, I just don't feel like this kid's necessarily 100 percent committed." And more drama to come. I mean, when o- OU fans started cooking Miguel Chavis whenever there were Georgia rumors, whenever he went to his brother's birthday, you know, in Atlanta. They were they were coming after Chavis, right? Well, now we lose him to Missouri. If if Chavis wasn't confident that this thing wasn't over, like confident, he wouldn't be bringing more attention to a recruiting loss because OU fans take that stuff seriously, right? We got, I mean, pound for pound, maybe the best offensive lineman or offensive line coach in the country, and people still went, won't get off his back about recruiting despite the results on the field. Like, nobody is safe from criticism. Our own beloved DeMarco Murray, you know, was was getting criticized for his recruiting efforts earlier in his career with OU. So I don't know why, Tyler, a position coach would double down on <laughs> criticism from the OU fan base if he didn't feel like it was worth it. Yeah. By, by the way, uh, a programming note. Looks like we might talk to Steve Stutzman in about 10 minutes. He's uh, <laughs> texting in. He's like, hey, can I call in? I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah, Steve, you can call in. So uh, we'll check in with Steve, uh, Danny Stutzman's dad, coming up in a few minutes. That's, it's a Friday a after five uh, out in Florida. So Heck yeah. Well, that's, that's the kind of Steve that we want right there, <laughs> man, for sure. Hey, uh, Connor, if you don't mind, can we hear the comments from uh, Williams Winery last night? Here, here's what uh, – Here's what he said last night after the scrimmage at Tulsa Union. Uh, really, I felt like I was just 
most comfortable with that coaching staff and, you know, it's close to home and all that. So I felt like it was the right decision for me at the time. What you like about Oklahoma? I understand that they were real close uh, on down the stretch. Yes, sir. Uh, mostly just my relationships, you know, with Coach Chavis and Coach Bates. I probably had another one of my best relationships with them. And it was just, it was always love from the coaching staff. You know, I like the scheme there and all that. I'll be up there. Just, you know. How emotional was that decision for you when you finally had to make it? It was, it was, it was a very emotional, you know, one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. But you know, I just had to do what I felt was best for me. Is there anybody that you leaned on for advice about recruiting and making that final decision? Because I've heard a couple of times other people say, this is harder than I thought it would be. Definitely my family and my head coach. Coach Moe had a big say in my decision. He guided me throughout the whole process. We saw you wearing the Oklahoma gloves and cleats tonight. Uh, How long have you had those? Uh, Since my my OB. So sometime in June. Yeah. So you're wearing them in Oklahoma tonight? Yeah, I had to to show love. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like anybody's going to read any messages into it, is it? Like they're still recruiting you, and you're still thinking about OU. Oh uh, yeah, they still recruiting me and all that. And I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let everything play out. You know, let the whole season play out. But I don't know. I'm committed to Mizuto. But you know. Yeah. But wearing OU and OU stuff is cool. I'm just having so fun with it. Kind of a tribute. Yeah, yeah. Just having fun with it. You know, showing love and all that. What's it uh, like uh, playing next to Kamari Moore? Obviously, OU fans have gotten uh, acquainted with him lately. Talk to us about him. Uh, yeah, he's a great player. You know. He, clear stuff up for me, you know, just it's great playing next to him, you know, he makes things easier for me. Are you going to go on any more visits this year or are you done? Uh, no, I don't plan on it. I yeah. might hit a couple game days, you know, depending on how I'm feeling, but I don't plan on it. Don't plan on it, but might hit a couple more or a few game days this year, so <laughs> I what, what do you take out of that? I don't plan on it, but I may hit a few game days here and there. That, yeah, that's I think it's leaving the door open at least. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the door is definitely open. Uh, just the most important part of that interview, outside of my wonderful question about Kamari Moore, yes, is because yes. uh, everybody's coming after me on social media. I just asked about the OU commit, you know? Everybody, chill, chill, chill. But w- the most important part, Tyler, is if you if you hear, he almost starts back in on it after he says he's committed to Mizzou because he's like, you know, I'm going to – they're still recruiting me and all that. You know, I'm going to let the season play out. You know, we're going to watch the whole season. But I'm committed to Mizzou. But, you know, and he starts to say something else, and then he just stops. And then John asked him another question. It was like, no, what? Do you, say what you want to say, big fella. Come on. Man, Trust me, we aren't going to post this. That uh, that took a turn last night that I uh, I did not expect, and and you said it earlier. I mean, you were there. Obviously, we just heard your voice. Um, you don't think that that interview scrum happens if he's not wearing the OU stuff with his uniform, correct? I can't speak for George Stoya or John Hoover, but I don't think George and I were even going to go to interview him in the first place. Mm-hmm. We were going to ask him if he had. You know, if he had any thoughts on the Parker Thune Kerry Murdoch battle, but um, we, uh, but Hoover was the one that actually went and grabbed him. I'm not sure whether Hoover would have grabbed him if if he was wearing Mizzou stuff. I haven't talked to John about that specific thing, um, but yeah, I mean that that really when I when I was going there, really I was going there for Devon Jordan 
because I wanted to get some some notes and, and, and meet him and get some ideas of where his recruitment was going uh, and whatnot with, with some upcoming visits to TCU and A&M and whatnot. But, but really, I didn't even think I was going to talk much to Winnery. And then I saw him on the sideline. Uh, funny story. So I see him on the sideline, right, and they're on the uh, – um, the east sideline right there at Union. And the other, like, officiating crew is sitting on the benches behind their bench uh, because they're rotating out officiating crews, right, with the scrimmage. And one of the guys, he's an older guy, and he looks over, and, and Williams, whenever he stands out, right, like he's head and shoulders above everybody else on the team. He looks like a grown man. And he looks over, and he goes, man, he's got some nice shoes on. Are those OU shoes? And I said, yep. He goes, oh, is he going to OU? I said, he committed to Missouri. The look he gave me, Tyler, was the most like it, it. He didn't. He couldn't even fathom that somebody would. So he's committed to a different school, but he's wearing all OU stuff. So he's going to OU. And it's, I was like, it's "Well, recruiting it doesn't make sense." Yeah, welcome, exactly. Welcome exactly. I was like, like the fact that I was just able to just notch a lot and be like, "Yeah, yeah, he's committed to Missouri. Yeah, he's wearing all OU stuff." But yeah, he's committed to Missouri. Like I had to. I, he looked at me like I was speaking Mandarin to him. And I might as well have been because it doesn't make any sense to me either, Tyler. Does not make any sense. Uh, 405-651-3439. We're going to have old Steve Stutzman coming up next. Papa Top himself, maybe my favorite Twitter name of all time. So, uh, hey, I, I know a lot of you know who Steve is. So if you got a question for him, 405-651-3439, Knippel Myers Chevrolet text line. We'll talk some OU backers. We'll talk some OU defense and a whole lot more coming up next right here on The Ref. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson on a Friday. Appreciate Justin Kelso and his daughter for listening in the state of Iowa on this Friday afternoon. Justin Kelso, big-time Sooner fan up there in the state of Iowa, member of the ref army as well. We appreciate him. But let's go to the uh, let's go to the state of Florida. Steve Stutzman joins us for the first time, and we all know about Danny Stutzman. We'll ask about him. But first off, Steve, man, I, I appreciate you giving us some time on a Friday. I kind of want to ask about your football career before we get to Danny. How legendary is your freshman year at Dangerfield, Texas? Because I heard last week that your freshman team, 16-0, 646 points for, eight points against, and you allowed zero points in the playoffs. You gave up eight points in a 16-game season in one state. Is that like one of the more legendary Texas high school football things that we're just not aware of? Uh, hey, first of all, hey, Tyler, Travis, a hey, great show. Thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, that that team, you know, there's a, there's a couple of Super Bowl uh, ring guys on there. Uh, I think we had 10 or 11 uh, D1 guys come off that team. And, uh, you know, where I'm from, Dangerfield was a town of 3,000 people, and we combined with another town that was like 2,800. So we had, you know, 5,800 uh, people, and, and you know, just like any small town, uh, Texas, you know, that's football is it. And that team, man, uh, like I said, I think I told you two points because the punter snapped it over to the center's yeah. head, <laughs> or the center snapped it over to the punter's head, and then we played up. We, we our preseason games were we were three A we played up to four A, and one of the four A teams uh, scored a uh, late touchdown uh, on us. But other than that, no three A opponent scored any any points in. And I think they hold the net. We hold the national record 
14 in a row shutouts. 14 after the six points, no one scored on us ever again in that season. It was it was a great run. So, and I appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, so, in in high school, I know you played tight end in college. In in high school, were you just the uh, tight end that were you were riding the coattails of a great defense, or what was going on with that? No, so we were we were good enough to have uh, you know we didn't have to play both ways much. I played a little bit of defensive end more my sophomore year. We went back to state. I played defensive end my sophomore year, a little bit of tight end, and then uh, we won state again my junior year, and I was tight end. I didn't play any defense, and I was a punter. Uh, but we just you know, just blessed having you know just had a lot of good athletes. Um, it was just crazy. It was just, it was just crazy. Steve Stutzman is our guest. Hey, Danny, I thought played his best game of the year against Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl last year. Looked like at the end of the year he was really starting to play his best ball. Um, like, talking to him, where where does he feel like he's gotten better throughout this offseason with Schmitty? I, I know he and BV have a very close connection. Like, just kind of where is he at mentally, and where does he think he's improved the most going into, what, I guess year three now? Well, you know, it's kind of funny you ask that, and, and, and you know, talking with him, you can see the growth, and, and you've heard it. You know, I think everybody's heard this. You know, as you get into a system and you get more, uh, where I would say clicks, but you have a more understanding of what the design of the defense is and what everybody else is doing. And once you have that, and you know, uh, on the snap of the ball, what's going on, and you don't have to worry about that, then it's more. You react to what you see instead of thinking about where you're supposed to be, and that's what happened to the last part of you know, last season, and, and especially in the Florida State game. And it's it's really uh, it's really starting to really help him. He's he's always been very uh, cerebral when it comes to football, and you know last year when he was doing you know he was actually in the mic position all the way up until like like almost the first the first game, so they switched into Will. So he had to learn a whole position like in, within a week and a half. So him being able to understand in having other guys that have been in that system and can explain it to the younger guys and catch them up just exponentially over the you know the amount of time, and then having uh, you know Skalski there, man, is just huge. I mean that's I mean that guy's just you know a year and a half removed from you know Venable's awesome teams. And to have you know have a, a player's ear, and then you know you got Venables there, and then it's just, man, I just it's just so exciting to see what these guys can do, man. I mean, I, I mean everybody's like, oh, I'm drinking the Kool Aid, drinking the Kool. There is no Kool Aid, man. It it's a friggin', it's a delicious cocktail, dude. <laughs> I like that. Well, and that's the thing. It's it's not like you're drinking the Kool Aid when you're giving. Ar- actual reasons as to why and explanations as to why things might change right, right. so i want to i want to talk a little bit now that danny's been physically in the system for a while uh and in the strength and conditioning program now two seasons or two years two off off-season training programs with schmitty miguel chavis you know talked to media days about the reason that we're going to be better uh this year and he just said jerry schmidt now somebody who obviously uh, has watched his son grow up, uh, you know, and and through all the physical change of high school football, now college, everything like that. What have you seen from Danny, specifically from this second year of Schmitty? Well, you know, I really, uh, really saw it over. They got to look a little, 
they've been working out all summer, so they got like a little uh, a little window, a three or four day window during July fourth. So we were at a at a party, and uh, me and Danny's always our life's always wrestled, and I've always told him he's uh, you know, he's just I got one whoop ass left. When you want to use it, it's up to you. So I guess we're in the pool, messing around basketball, and I will tell you what, man, that guy, he, you know, he, I'm about two ninety. He threw me around like a rag doll, and and uh, his mom's screaming, hey, "What are you doing today?" I'm like, he's like, it had to be done. It had to be done. <laughs> I'm like. God, this, this guy, I mean, I'm like, holy cow. That's when I'm like, man, Smitty has got to these boys. This boy is strong as an ox. And uh, I couldn't move him at 290, and he's 240. And, of course, I'm an old man now. But still, you know, that's, I, I see it. I mean, you physically can see it. You know, I see uh, Kevin Gillum, you know, Danny's roommate, and, you know, you know they're like family. I, I just see the metamorphosis on those guys. And not only are they – you know these guys are huge, man. They they can move. You know I was uh, I was playing golf with uh, you know with uh, Gavin Freeman's dad, and uh, you know I say, hey man, how's Gavin doing? He's like, man, he's doing great. He's uh, he's put on like I think he's like 185, and he's like 160. He's like knowing that he's 185, but he's he's faster, you know. And that's all. You know, it's just it's just across the board, um, the you know up and down the board with with what Smitty's done. So. I can tell you, man, it's just tremendous. Just the eye test. You guys have seen these boys. It, 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 it ain't it ain't fat sitting around there. It's, these boys are jack. Yeah, you know, I think it was right before spring practice started. Brent Venables had um, a press conference, and it's like, well, we we like what we might have starting at linebacker, but we're an injury away from being in serious trouble. Now, I don't know how he feels about it today, but from where I'm at, Steve, Lewis Carter sounds like he's doing some nice things. Jaron Canick seems like he's having an excellent training camp. Kobe McKenzie, uh, obviously, as well, fighting for that other spot. I, I do want to focus a little bit more, though, on Jaron Canick. I don't know what you've heard about him, but it sounds like he's having an excellent training camp. We'll see if he starts or not, but maybe he's having that big offseason that he's needed to have to put himself in a situation to have like a, a big year this year at backer. Uh, no, he, they love the guy. He, you know, he's come home with Danny a couple times, and uh, those guys have been really, you know, Danny's took him on his wing, and they've really, uh, really become uh, really, bro- you know, brothers in, in a sense. And, uh, you know, Jan, Jan, uh, Jaron has just really gravitated and, and been a sponge uh, as far as learning and, and trying to get up to speed on and Danny's, you know, it's all about willingness to share and, and, and help. And, you know, Danny's done that and, and, and he's done it with all the linebackers. But Jaron, you know, he's going to be, he's, he's just a freak. And, you know, there's, if you look at the linebacker core, and I got a chance to hang out with uh, Bill Pachotti and, and uh, you know, Kip and, and Kobe and, and those guys. And, and, and God, what, just, just the, you look up and down, you got, you got guys that do different things that, can be destructive and you can't really plan for with one guy in which we didn't have you know last year and and guys I'm going to tell you don't forget about Shane Witter I mean that yeah. guy was a cat before he got hurt and uh he's still he's still working and he's still he's still hungry and uh he was he was one of the one of the fastest guys on the team and everybody's you know everybody's talking about all these new guys but don't sleep on Shane and I really like you know I, I had a chance to hang out with Connor you know Connor Neer 
great guy, man. Was really impressed about that kid, man. He won't say kid. He's he's you know, he's a young man now, and he's been you know been through the system. But uh, yeah, just the just the depth they have that uh, Venables and staff have have really done in a short time. You know, with developing the new guys. Uh, plugging, you know, some of the transfers in and, and then the class that came in. It, it's uh, it's exciting to see. And all those guys are contributing one way or the other, whether it might be a special package or, or special teams. You know, linebackers are used a lot on special teams, you know, kickoff, kickoff returns, punts, uh, punt returns. So uh, it's, 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 it's very uh, you know, very encouraging to see that. It, and, Steve, if you had to drill it down, right, we all expect improvement around here. Obviously, the standards at Oklahoma are to win, win championships, you know, double-digit win seasons, everything like that. So if you could dial, dial it down and fill in the blank, blank is the biggest reason that OU will be successful this year. What is that blank for you? Uh, it's easy to say competitive depth, but – I got to give it to I got to I got to say Smitty, <laughs> and everybody's wore out with that. That's why I say that's why I jokingly said that. How many times have we heard that competitive depth? Uh, I, I got to say uh, Smitty over five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least, uh, I'd say I just agree with you. Know Smitty has been is, is behind the scenes, and what a great guy and a mentor that guy is. But uh, that that is the key to when we're in the fourth quarter and we need that third and nine or third and four stop, that one more stop, that's what's that's where it's gonna that's where you're gonna see it pay off big dividends. One more stop. You know, that's that's that, that that's what's gonna happen. Steve, you're the best man. Thanks for always listening out there in Florida. Thanks for always texting in. Uh, thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for coming by the pre and the post game shows and man I I bet we see you coming up here in fifteen days. Can't wait for it. Oh, you ain't kidding. You know what the best day? You know what the best thing about today is? It's the last. We're, we're about to we're go through the last cl- Saturday without uh, college football for a while. Is that it? Absolutely. We're one day closer to kickoff, my friends. Yeah. Hey, hey. can't wait to see you guys. And I'm uh, looking forward to. If somebody could tell me where a good place for barbecue in Tulsa, when we go to that Tulsa game. I really appreciate it. Steve, uh, I'm looking you, forward. You know, I'll take care of you, Steve. Good food. <laughs> All right, Travis. Todd, I appreciate you guys. Great show. You guys have a great weekend. There you go. There you go. Appreciate it, man. Steve Stutzman. uh, Danny Stutzman's dad. Awesome. 918, Steve just got me hyped all over again. Yeah, um, he he said a lot of of very cool things about the the linebackers. And I don't know what stood uh, stood out to you above everything else, but I asked him about Jaron Kanick, and that's the response that I thought that I would get from Jaron Kanick. But the way he delivered it was – yeah, I, I think I think Jaron Kanick's gonna have a really nice year this year. Man, I I really liked the uh, you know him painting the picture of well, I'm two ninety and and he said <laughs> I got one more ass woman in me. You just let me know when you want it. <laughs> and uh, and Danny finally throwing him around and uh, Mama Stutt's been coming out and screaming like something was wrong. That that crash had, had to happen. It had it, to happen. It, it had to happen. Oh man. That's maybe, funny. maybe Danny talks about that moment in 15 years. You know when it's when, when he's talking about what really turned in his football career. It's that uh, you know throwing old Papa Top around in the pool in that off season going in his third year. Nah, Steve's awesome, man. He's he's on the text line. He's always listening on the KREF app out there in Florida. So 
Hey, if you don't have the app already, if it's good enough for Steve, I promise it's good enough for you. K-R-E-F in the App Store. Download it now. All right, let's get to more college football coming up next. We'll get to your text as well on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Fifteen days until kickoff in Norman. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, rave reviews for Steve Stutzman's first appearance on the show. KA and BA says, can Steve have a regular spot on the show? He was great. Steve can Steve can hop on anytime he wants. And now that he's done it once, I'll probably bug him to, to do it more. He was he Absolutely. Was so yeah, it was awesome. Captain Willard says, so cool to hear a football dad that actually knows the game. I'm buying the Kool-Aid cocktail. Great segment. That that may have been his best moment. <laughs> that was <laughs> a, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely, uh, we, we need to clip that. Be like, it's, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. It's, it's a cocktail. 405, so that's where Danny got his class. 972, Steve's got me ready to run through a brick wall. Uh, 918, Steve got me hyped all over again. D and Choctaw, y'all aren't fooling anybody. That was Teddy. <laughs> now, Teddy's rocking out at the Metallica concert right now. It was not right. Good. Steve's got a little bit more season in his voice. Um, how about, dude, 15 days to wait. Last Saturday, tomorrow was the last Saturday without college football until, what, mid-January, I guess? How are, how are you spending it? I mean, because you're – I mean, our – both you and I's weekends are about to be, uh, you know, taken for the next three or four months, right? May or may not have a lake day coming up tomorrow. Well, are you saying so. lake day or leg day? Well, it's definitely not a leg day. Are you <laughs> seriously? I was like, what? It's not. It's never leg day. I've been leg day for several months around here, especially not leg day on a weekend. It's lake day. L a k e. Oh, got lake it. Day hey, me too. Time. Nice. Yeah. Heck yeah, yeah, Steve every Friday. Camo Sooner is Steve, the general of Stutzman's Army. I don't think that he is. He's the general of the Papa Top Army is, is who Steve is. Exactly. Sounds like we're gonna see him at uh we're gonna see him at the Tulsa game as well, which is pretty cool. Can't wait for yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh I think he wanted a tomahawk. I'll have to break the news to him that I've uh, since sold that restaurant. But uh but yeah, I'm sure I'm sure just like I have at many uh, away games and the bowl games, run into Steve and, and shared, a, shared a cocktail. He's a, man, he's a great dude. Him, Kelvin Gilliam Sr., uh, they're all real tight. Just OU's got a real solid group of parents right now. 918, great name for a segment, the Kool-Aid Cocktail. I like that. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Need to figure that out. <laughs> we can make it happen. Uh, how about every Power 5 champ? since we're 15 days away from kickoff. I mean, we're getting close, dude. All right? We're getting close. In the Pac-12, I will go with the University of Oregon. I really want to pick Washington, though, man. I know. You love Washington. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I got a crush on them. I don't know what's going on there. Big Well, they beat the unbeatable Texas team the last game that Texas played. So Washington must be amazing if they beat this (laughs) Texas team that everyone's so high on. Uh, in the Big Ten, I am going to go chalk. I'm going to go with Michigan. I think they're going to run over Ohio State again. Um, ACC, I'm just not there with Florida State. That game's at Clemson. Give me Clemson in the, in the ACC. I'm not going with Georgia in the SEC. I'm going with Alabama. And uh, here come the Homer text. I will pick the team in the final year of the Big 12 that's been running this league for over 20 years. 
I think Dylan Gabriel's going to have a fantastic year. Bounce back year defensively. Damn sure ain't buying Texas. I'm uh, picking Oklahoma to win the Big 12. Where, uh, where are you different in those five? I think the only spot that I'm different would be Florida State uh, over Clemson. I, I, I really like what they did in the portal, um, specifically with Keon Coleman. Obviously, I like what Jordan Travis brings. I like what Jared Verse, you know, brings. Um, yeah, I mean, their their schedule is very conducive to a playoff run, really, because their only two tough games, in my opinion, are LSU and Clemson, and those are both done by week four. They've got LSU in week one and Clemson in week four, and then it's it's an ACC schedule the rest of the way, right? I mean, for the most part, but. They need to stop the run better. Obviously, OU in the bowl game showed them that even without Eric Gray, we can put up two 100-yard rushers behind kind of a, you know, hodgepodge offensive line. So they've got to stop the run better. But I really like what they did in the portal. Um, we'll see uh, about Clemson as far as, you know, if they've really got their due to quarterback, see what Garrett Riley brings to that team. But I think that's probably the only one we differ on. Uh, I do. I do like Bama. Um, you like Oregon in the Pac-12 too, huh? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, Travis I, I th- Davidson, Bo Nix guy. Is what oh, I'm wait, 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 wait. No, I, I, I had originally Utah was my pick. Sorry, the team that was that's on won the, the past two years. That's yeah, Utah pretty, was my pick. Yeah, normally a pretty good. The the team that's won it the past two years and their quarterbacks coming back. I think I think he's coming back for the start of the year. That that whole Cam Rising, like he got injured in the Rose Bowl last year. I think he's going to be healthy when they kick it off a week from Thursday. But I haven't heard a, a definite on that. Right. I, so yeah, you're right, Utah. But yeah, I think. But but Florida State's the one that that stood out to me because I think you said it second to last. But yeah, I've got I've got OU as well. Again, it's the. I mean, I'm I'm picking with my heart for sure, but. History says that that we we fared pretty well in this conference, and it's just too poetic to to leave with a thanks for the trophy. History, uh, history says that they, and I know that that doesn't always matter or tell the entire story of an upcoming season, but but I do think it like matters. It's worth mentioning, like who's like they haven't just won the most Big Twelve titles; they've won it by a mile and then some. Man, they they've controlled this conference since two thousand. So when it's that big of a gap, I think you have to mention it. And the biggest point of all that we brought up the entire offseason is I don't think that you can find a more favorable schedule than OU's in the conference. And if they're going to be better, and they really feel like they're going to be better, they should be better, this is a team that, with given the schedule, should at least make it to the conference championship game. So I know some might think it's crazy to pick them to win the league after a 6-7 and seven year, but with the schedule that they have and how much better I think that they're going to be, making the conference championship game and then winning that game, I mean, if, if that's crazy, then who is the absolute definite in the conference this year? I don't, I don't no, think that you could point elsewhere. I, I don't think they need to be, in the, and this is weird, I know, but I don't think they need to be that much better. They were 0-5 in one-score games. They need to be a four-point margin better just to get to nine wins for the most part. Like and the schedule's easier this year. They need to be literally if they play the exact the, the exact same team last year, no improvements, and just with experience get better by 
you know, four points, then we win eight or nine games. But now you add DeSaul McCullough, you add, you know, Rondell Bothroyd and Trace Ford and Reggie Pearson and on and on and on. I, you know, you could go on with the transfers. Like you add all that and yeah, it's, I don't think it's drinking the Kool Aid. I don't think it's being too homerish. I, I get the pick is slightly homerish after last year, but. I mean, they're picked third in the big. I mean, if they right, were like it's it's not ninth, a stretch. Like we're not sure. West Virginia fans out here saying, "I don't know, man, it's just something in the water." I think it's, I think we're gonna, I think Neil Brown's gonna go out on top. You know, like, I don't like it's not too far fetched to pick the team that's picked to finish third to finish first. Nine one eight Utah all the way more physical than the rest of the dissolved Pac twelve three three four. Can I throw in a prediction? Sark gets fired before the bowl game. Woo, Allen from Whoa. BA. Gee, that Man, is a it's gonna scorching happen. hot take. I mean, it's woof, okay. It, it, it's it's a heck of a prediction. That's and a Friday at you, five take. I like it. That well, at Friday at five, we're gonna give uh, random predictions for ten teams across college football: OU, Texas, USC included. Wow, Sark gets fired before the bowl game. Well, I think for Sark to get fired before a bowl game, he'd have to not make a bowl game. You see what I mean? Right. <laughs> I I think maybe he's fired after five and seven, but he wouldn't have a bowl game to prep for. That's like, would he get fired after a six and six year? Maybe with the expectations, but yeah, I I, I think man. he would because because what like what else would they need to know? Like, you got sixty first place votes. You've got allegedly a first-round pick at quarterback. You've got an alleged, like a Heisman dark horse at wide receiver. You've got, you know, one of the best left tackles in the country. You've got all this. Like, I don't think Arch Manning can save your job at that point. Do you, Tyler? No. Um, if if it's that bad, I don't know what his buyout situation is. That's always important. But um, man, it it have to be have to be real bad. I think for for him to get fired at the end of this year. Uh, okay, Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. We're at the Pool and Spa Show at the fairgrounds in OKC inside the Centennial Building. They'll be here all weekend long, 40 to 60% off on some of the models that they have on the floor. There's there's hot tubs everywhere in here. Pool and Spa Show, Centennial Building, fairgrounds in OKC. More college football next right here on The Ref. It is The Rush on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson taking you into the weekend. Thought this was interesting from uh, George Stoya at Sooner Scoop. He tweeted out earlier today what OU will pay slash receive for its non-conference opponents this year. OU is going to pay Arkansas State one point three five million. Congrats to Arkansas State. SMU will be getting a check of four hundred thousand dollars. OU will be getting a check from Tulsa for three hundred thousand dollars. Tulsa will pay OU three hundred k for the game in Tulsa this year. OU will pay Tulsa 300k back in 2030, and then OU will pay an additional 1 million in 2033 for the entire series. So OU essentially paying 1 million total to Tulsa for the three-game series. But congrats to Arkansas State for that 1.35 million dollar check yeah. that it gets. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's you know the the goal there, Tyler is. Uh, to not lose one of those games because then you double down on it, right? Because oh, man. then you paid somebody to beat you, much like uh, Miami paid what Middle Tennessee State to beat them. They paid them like one point five million dollars to beat them. I'm pretty sure it was Middle Tennessee State because 
I think Brent mentioned that game, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they paid them 1.5 to come into their own house and beat them. Now, now so that's Miami the real this goal. year, we had the Battle of Miamis this year. It's Miami, Florida, and Miami of Ohio. And nice. losing to Middle Tennessee hurts, but – Losing to Miami of Ohio would hurt even worse, I think. For uh, Do you think the mayor of Miami should go watch that game? I think it should be a round-robin tournament is what I think. <laughs> Who's What's Miami? Uh, Miami, the War Dogs? Is that their mascot? I'm, I'm unfamiliar like familiar with the Miami. If they are the War Dogs, I, I like the War Dogs in that, uh, that round-robin tournament. Uh, recruiting potential for new Big 12 teams. From 24-7 Sports, this is what the Big 12 is going to look like 2024 and beyond. See if you agree with this. The most recruiting potential in the new Big 12, TCU 1, Utah 2, UCF 3, Oklahoma State all the way back at 9, West Virginia last at number 16. Hmm. UCF seems pretty high. They are in the the, the sunshine uh, sunshine state where there's a where there's a ton of talent. Yeah, but so was there, everyone else is in that state as well. Unfortunately for I, them. Yeah, well, and I I think and I know they're dropping a ton of money in NIL. I at least know that on the basketball side. But is there a big four in Florida now, Tyler? There, uh, there's not a big four in Florida. I, I don't. Is there a big two in Florida? <laughs> is there just some of those teams just, have been down for a while. They just take turns being a big one. Thought it was interesting that West Virginia, like, yeah, they had the least recruiting potential of anyone in the new Big 12. Things have uh, fallen off for the Mountaineers. I think they've recruited in the state of Florida in the past, but I don't know. Not a whole lot to be optimistic about out, out there in Morgantown, I guess. Final hour. Couches. Yeah, final hour on a Friday coming up next.